0: sorry no fear no political correctness no wokeism you're listening to underground USA program was pre-recorded for broadcast at this time.
1: We've got our good friend Frank Salvato from UndergroundUSA.com also the author of Nullification joining us this morning. Frank, thanks for joining us on this special edition.
0: Yeah, anytime and always. I guess the uh, the America's Third Watch AWAC is grounded because of the weather. But, uh,
1: <laughs> yeah, that's that's that. what we're going with. That's right. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, well, Frank, well, there's so much to talk about, of course. We know that Israel is preparing and uh, they're going to be having a massive response. We know it's going to be door to door. We know it's going to be protracted. But one of the things that's happening in all of this as well is that Saudi Arabia seems to now have just put this Israel deal uh, away, that they were looking to have normalized relations, and now they're engaging with Iran. I mean, this can't get any worse, can it?
0: Well, it, it can get worse if we see a bright light out the window, but uh, you know that would be the only way. <laughs> right. uh, obviously, the the Arab world did not care for the Saudis talking normalization with Israel. Uh, you one could make a solid argument that Iran um, helped in plotting this and executing it, and that it was timed to kill that deal and bring the Saudis back into the fold for the Islamo-fascist and devout Islamic community throughout the Middle East, seeing as how they're the holder of Mecca and Medina. So, you know, uh, there's more than small moving parts here. And, And I think it was a very... A significant calculation by the Iranian mullahs to force Saudi Arabia's hand here. That said, Israel's going to go through the Gaza and the West Bank. I think they're done with this. So for at least the foreseeable future, the Middle East is on eggshells.
1: Well, I, I absolutely wholeheartedly agree, and and you're right. Every, every single time, even going back through the last 30, 40 years or so, whenever there was a hint of peace, and certainly within the last 25 years, every time there was a hint of peace to happen, you have some kind of terrorist attack that absolutely derails everything, and this is maybe the ultimate expression of that so far.
0: Well, yeah, and, and it's a, a solid theory to lay your weight on as well. The Islamofascist world, the, Islam, the world of Islam in the Middle East, they don't like change. It's, it's evident with their, their culture and their societies. It's evident in the way they treat the women if, if the administrations in these countries are devout. And that's why I don't say radical anymore. We call it radical because people are, are in the streets shooting innocent people, decapitating babies, charring their bodies. But when you read the Quran and the Hadith, you realize it's a religion of conquest. And what they're doing is being devout to what the book says. See a Jew behind the rock, smite the Jew. And, you know, so uh, there's a great movement inside the world of Islam, people like Zudi Jasser, who have been working for over 20 years, sometimes 30 years, to expunge the violent tenets of Islam and, and create a new, uh, a new version of it. But the devout just won't have it, and they won't be satisfied until they can claim the land that Israel exists on. So that's why I'm talking about the egg gels. It's just uh, not dark times in the Middle East.
1: It, indeed and you know and I, I'm glad that you said that it's because what what we see moving forward here I can't imagine right now everybody wants peace obviously uh, ultimately but I don't see how that happens because Israel can't just sit there and take it they can't pretend that it really didn't happen they can't just succumb to some ceasefire uh, you know call for a ceasefire basically uh, they're, they're gonna they're gonna go through this until they have wiped out how whether the world supports them or not,
0: it would seems. And that's what's going to give plausible deniability to useless organizations like the United Nations. Everybody forgets that the United Nations sat down and created the state of Israel because of what the Jews had gone through prior to that creation of that nation-state. But yet every time a, a Middle Eastern country, an Arab country, an Islamo-fascist country, every time they go after Israel for its existence, the UN doesn't have any guts or spine to be able to stand up and say, you know, these are the borders that were created. You attack them and those borders move because to the victor goes the spoils in a war. Now, Hamas, they don't care. The people who are on the front lines dying believe they're going to heaven mm. for having hacked apart those little babies.
1: It's 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 horrible, isn't it? It's it's grisly. It's inhuman. It is uh, just the kind of thing I heard it described, of course, as medieval. I think that's exactly what it is. One of the things yeah. that is very very concerning is the idea that Iran has the ability to either, if they've not already constructed one, to construct a nuclear weapon. But not just that, they have the material, uh, they have radioactive material uh, in order to do all kinds of, of things. Uh, dirty bombs, other other things that would be uh, very devastating as well.
0: Sure, incorporating them into IEDs. You know, dirty bombs into IEDs. I mean, this, there's a whole uh, landscape out there where nothing good comes of this with regard to nuclear. We have to operate... Under the, imp- under the knowledge that Iran can do this, we can't believe that after all of these years with the IAEA not being allowed in to see things, with the construction of underground uh, facilities in Iran, we have to assume that they have nuclear capability. Only a fool wouldn't indeed so we have to prepare for that but i don't think you know it's when we say oh will iran have nuclear capability people think icbms and cruise missiles and things like that technology from the first world i don't believe they would employ it like that i think you're looking at like you said dirty bombs uh dirty ieds they're much cheaper to make And they're easier to get into the hands of their proxies like Hezbollah and Hamas and Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades and um, the other associated terror organizations with which they are the world's sponsor. So how do we how do you combat that? How do you combat an IED that's laced with a, that's laced with dirty bomb material?
1: It, exactly. Well, I, I know we don't have a crystal ball, but I think a lot of people in this country, in the, in the United States, are worried that Iran um, and its agents uh, would want to try to uh, pull off another spectacular, you know, grand scale attack against the United States. Um, do you think that that is something that there? I mean, we didn't know this was coming, evidently. Um, God only knows what they're re- really trying to plan for the U.S.
0: Yeah, I had a, a spook friend of mine, and I'm, that, that's not a racial thing. That is some uh, that's a moniker for a former spy, right. an intelligence officer. And had a friend of mine who's a spook pop up last night and said, remember when the FBI says there are no specific credi- credible threats, it means there are credible threats. Yeah, that's just not specific. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, that's. That's that's a little hair raising on the back of your neck. Uh, we're all focused on Ukraine. We're all focused on what's happening in the Middle East. We've already got proof positive over the last two and uh, years and some months that we have an administration that's inept or in bed with our enemies. You know, you don't uh, you don't release six billion dollars in sweetener ransom money when you're supposed to be swapping people who have been imprisoned. You know, that's, that's Iran saying. Here's a thumb Here's a thumb on my nose to you. We want $6 billion more. Well, that freed up $6 billion for them to be able to help orchestrate what happened in Israel. Well, we sure. know that.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, and, and no matter what the State Department says, no matter what uh, uh, the White House uh, says, uh, oh, you know, they didn't use that money. They didn't get it yet. Or whatever excuse they want to make, I don't see how any person walking down the street in the United States of America could say, you know, yeah, that just had no effect on their deciding to really go with this operation
0: yeah as, as an aside that's the same argument that uh that abortion advocates use for for their pro-abortion movement the money's not going for abortions it's going for women's health in, in to planned parenthood well that frees up the money it's the same deal you know so marry those two thoughts together next time you want to think about when they subsidize somebody that says but it's not for that because that's just a load Right. You know, um, right. with with the, with the threat to the United States, you know, uh, yeah, I think we should be. If we still had the color coded charts, I, I think we'd be somewhere in the middle to the to the more critical colors here because we don't have any border. Iran's been bragging about who they're putting into the country, you know, <laughs> uh, and we know from nine eleven that terrorists know how to keep their mouth shut once they get on a U.S. soil.
1: Well, that's right. And it sort of harkens back to those pre 9-11 days. You know, those terrorists lived among Americans. They lived in this great country of opportunity, this great country of of, of having a great future. All you got to do is work hard and that future can be yours. And they didn't bat an eye, Frank, when they went out that morning and got on those airplanes. It's evil.
0: Yeah, that's because they're devout. Really, if you're devout in that religion, you are supposed to be f- facilitating the global control of all peoples to Islam. They, they were soldiers. They believed themselves soldiers when they slammed those airplanes into the Twin Towers, into the Pentagon. And thank God uh, we had some brave people on Flight 93 that put that one into the ground instead of into the Capitol building exactly but this is the this is the foe we face when you're talking about the middle east and this is why we must 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 support israel in what they're doing here even if it means you know what it's a great argument We've given Ukraine armaments, we've given them money, we've given them direction, we have helped train them. That's got to be it now, because Israel's more important. And I know there's a lot of people that might argue with this with me. The existence of Israel in the Middle East is infinitely more important than the conflict between Vladimir Putin and the people of Ukraine.
1: Oh, I, For I,
0: I agree. I, For where the U.S. comes in. I,
1: well, sure. And also, they're our friend in the Middle East. They're our, our biggest ally. They have been obviously since its creation. Um, and But yet, there's this wave, and I just even hate to say it, but there's this wave of anti-Semitism out there uh, where you have uh, entertainment people or you have media people, and certainly what we're seeing on some of these college campuses is really, really alarming. You know, this this idea that somehow Hamas is justified doing what it did, and and this kind of thing is is ridiculous.
0: Well, and I was glad to see last week if there can be a good a good aspect to this issue that uh, a Harvarder in a, in a gentleman by a hedge fund manager with the last name of Aikman, I believe. Uh, got some CEOs together, and they were talking. He said, we want to identify the people that signed these letters of support for Hamas on the college campuses because they're never getting a job with us, ever. That's amazing. And yeah. Alan, Alan Dershowitz is working on getting those names published, and there's a backlash on this. These, these young kids who should be in class rather than trying to pull, pretend that they know everything, they're not going to be working in their field. They keep it up.
1: No, because it will follow you. I mean, everybody has the right to their opinion and to express themselves, but everybody, you know, when, when you go so contrary to common sense, yeah, it can affect whether or not people want to work with you. So you have a right to say it, but other people have a right to, to react and to form opinions about you. That's, that's the way the world
0: works. Yeah. Yeah, there are consequences to statements and abuse of power like this. Uh, A lot of these leaders, if that's what you want to call somebody who's in their very early 20s and and not with a sheepskin yet, um, were were declaring their support for for pro-Hamas activities over in, in Israel without fully informing the members of their groups that they were signing on to these petitions. (laughs) <laughs> so that's that's not responsible that's manipulating and abusing your position Indeed. and i hope i hope none of them get to work in their chosen professions if you're going to be that stupid
1: we've been talking a lot about israel this morning and what's happening there um, but here stateside we still don't have a speaker of the house scalise uh, dropped out jordan didn't have a whole lot of support enough at all to get to get going w- what's happening where would going
0: from here well you know it's we're going through the same process that we had the first time when the the, uh, kevin mccarthy gerrymandered his his working capital to become the speaker i think jim jordan's a little bit more of a serious proposition i'm kind of surprised that he gave up his or he's looking to give up his position um as as head of the committees that he's on I, I think there were some. There's some very powerful things he could have done, but you know, if if he ends up being the speaker, I think Republicans, even the far right contingent that that was integral in removing McCarthy, I think they can go along with Jordan. Uh, it's certainly got. I, I'm certain that it's giving Ajit and Liz Cheney out in Wyoming because she can't stand the guy, which makes me a little happy. But Jim jo- Jim Jordan's a solid pick. Now, what will he negotiate away in order to solidify the votes that he needs? Because he's going to need all Republican votes on this one. Democrats don't want to cooperate on anything.
1: Well, exactly you know? so, right, yeah.
0: I'm sure that Matt Gates, uh, as the... Titular leader of the far right in the in the house because he's grabbing the microphones every time he gets a chance. Um, We'll want to claw some more power to the far right Freedom Caucus faction, but we all need to remember that Jim Jordan was a part of the Freedom Caucus. He's actually kind of an elder in it, so when he has to negotiate with people who are way too far. And there is a way too far right. I'm saying a lot of conservatives are going to, the eyebrow will go up with them, but I'm I'm not a big government kind of guy. I don't believe government needs to be the solution to everything. That's why I enjoyed the decision that came out of the Supreme Court about abortion. Go back to the states where it belongs, where the Constitution says it must. So when we're talking about who should be the speaker, it's got to be somebody devoted to limited government. And Jordan has—he has proved a few different times over his tenure in the House of Representatives that he's not for a, a governmental solution to everything. You know, whether it's a restriction or whether it's an expansion, Gov- you know, We don't have a centralized government in the United States, or at least we're not supposed to. And it, it appears to me that Jordan understands that. Mm-hmm. Um, but how how much will he have to? negotiate away in order to buy those votes because that's what this is right now. It's vote shopping.
1: Well, and of course, there's a lot of practicality that comes into play uh, it, at this at this time. We don't have a, a speaker. We have a speaker pro tem, uh, but we don't have an elected speaker of the House. That obviously causes some issues, even looking at national security issues, having to do with the war in Israel. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, you know, uh, that's just the way things have been going. Now, well, certainly uh, the Republicans, at least on uh, the Matt Gates faction and so forth, uh, you know, they, they've got to understand that at some point too, we have to have something functioning; otherwise, it will be seen as total disarray moving into the presidential election.
0: And that's what the left is shopping. If you get onto Hakeem Jeffries' X page and then read his posts, they are trying so hard to say that this is a civil war inside the Republican Party. It's a civil war. It's nothing but chaos. The Republicans are chaotic. Well, it's, it's been the left that hasn't moved anything but spend, 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 spend uh, through the House and, and through the Senate ever since Biden took office. You know, so um, their campaign, I don't think, is going to work as well as Mr. Jeffries believes it is. Um, but, you know, there's, there's something to be said there. We don't know what's coming and we do have to be able to move legislation through the House, especially, um, authority legislation that allows for expenditures. Right. If Israel go, if Israel goes, if it goes upside down and sideways over in Israel, we need to be able to move fast in order to be able to loosen up funds to get into a war footing. Right now, we don't. Biden, the Biden administration hasn't even replaced the stockpiles that we've given to Ukraine when it comes to armaments. Well, sure. So that that's that's going to have to be something that comes out of the public trough, the governmental public trough here in the United States. And, you know, if you're not ready, it takes time to build those things. Well, it's so exactly right. Not, be, not being able to move anything through the House, even if it's critical, is uh, not a good thing.
1: And and there are others across planet Earth that would love to take advantage of this kind of thing. Certainly, China is watching all of this very very carefully. Um, and you know, I can't imagine. You know, well, I guess I can't imagine a third problem popping up in twenty four hours. You know, or overnight, uh, China decides to move against Taiwan. I know that they would probably mm-hmm. have to have a little bit more build up perhaps before they actually quote unquote pull the trigger on it. But they're watching our response and- by the way, there's been a lot of questions uh, at the press briefing room at the White House about the 27 Americans so far that we know that have been killed in the um, Hamas massacres and yet no real response by this commander-in-chief. So our foes look at this and say, well, what's, what's this guy going to do? Maybe nothing about
0: anything. Yeah, you know, When you have a strong leader... And, and I just I'll blanket that general statement when you have a strong leader the world looks at you with a wary eye because they don't know what you're going to do from a position of strength or you know after 9-11 the Islamic world was like are they going nu- to nuke the caves of Tora Bora is, you know, Bush is the kind of guy who would do that is he going to do it they have thought the same thing about Reagan in the Cold War he's out of his mind he's nuts You know, we don't know how to read him. He's dangerous. Uh, I'm sure the Iranian mullahs were thinking the same thing during the Trump administration. We don't know how to read him. He makes us nervous. Well, Biden doesn't make anybody nervous. (laughs) <laughs> they're looking to see what they're looking to see what he's going to do in response to this. And he's still trying to get the oatmeal off his chin. Right.
1: Well, I, I think there people do get nervous, but they're nervous that he's going to fall down the stairs again or something or yes. or say something weird, you know, that makes no sense. Or I mean, it, that kind of nervous is not good. But you're right. I'm glad you brought up Trump because uh, and Reagan and Bush, because uh, in, especially in Trump's case, they were thinking, well, this guy's not even than a a quote-unquote traditional politician, so we don't know what he's going to, uh, how how he's going to respond. So in other words, you try to keep your enemy guessing, so maybe they just recalculate and say, well, not today, we're not going to do it today.
0: Yeah, remember coming out of that, and for those of us old enough to remember, um, remember coming out of the Carter administration, the Democrats and the people overseas, the Russians were saying the same thing. This guy's going to start a war. He's going he's to use nuclear weapons. He's out of his mind. He's dangerous. He's dangerous. <laughs> but, you didn't, but, but you didn't see what, what happened under Reagan going into George H.W. Bush. The wall came down. Right. Because they didn't they couldn't read the strong leader and it, it tempered what they could do with Biden. It, you know, we're seeing it in real time. The very, the very first meeting between China and the United States and Alaska, they not only dressed down Blinken and everybody else, they said, and you're not negotiating from position of power anymore. So eat it and smile. <laughs> you know, that's that, that's not the, that's not a way to have people guessing about you. You want to have the strength and the fear factor to be able to pump into situations so that people are limited in what they can come back to do.
1: And and ultimately that saves lives. That saves American lives. That keeps the world stable, actually. Yeah, it keeps
0: it keeps babies in the kibbutzes in Israel from being beheaded and burnt
1: exactly this is so grisly and so terrible that it's it's we can't even hardly speak it but yet they have done it uh, and uh, this is 2023 for for god's sake and this is still mm-hmm. happening on planet earth it's uh we got about uh, about 30 seconds frank i just want to say uh do you have any closing comment or anything else you want to add
0: to this We need to join in this push that we're seeing by the CEOs to exact consequences from the uneducated, entitled loudmouths on the college campuses where it comes to Israel and Hamas. Hamas is a bloodthirsty horde. They decapitate babies, rape women, set people on fire to leave them charred, their charred bodies for their families to find, and they're and they're celebrating it. Horrible. So yeah. you know we've got we've got to take a stand. This is this has got to be the line in the sand.
1: Well said. Couldn't have said it better myself. Frank Salvato, UndergroundUSA.com, author of the book Nullification. Thank you, sir, and we will see you on Friday.
0: Stay low, my friend.
1: All right. Thank you, Frank. Take care. And we will be right back. Don't go anywhere.
0: Please like the episode on the platform you're listening to us on. Leave a comment if it lets you. And share us with your friends and family. Our influence grows when you share our podcast. And don't forget to sign up for our sub which comes directly to you subverting the interference of the internet gatekeepers and social media sensors. You're listening to Underground USA. My name is Frank Salvato. We'll be right back after this.
1: This podcast is a production of the Compass Point Group.